to another episode of the Educational AED Podcast, and let's hear from our primary sponsor, Violet Defense. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products or if you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of their technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and the experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive. Um, We have a Sideline Interactive video score table in our gym, and it is fantastic. A tremendous product you should get at your school. It's becoming harder and harder to fund an athletic department, but Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every year while creating excitement in the gym and the ultimate game day experience for your athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo to see their tables and boards in action and see what these fantastic products can do for you. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. Check out what their fantastic products can do for you. I also want to say thank you to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your athletic program. Athletic surveys by Lifetrack also give the 95% of the players and the parents who love your program a voice and helps demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials and then give them a call at 1-800-738- 6466. You can also email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. That's info at athleticsurveys.com. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Let them help you take your program from good to great. We also want to thank Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement and Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing for their support of the Educational AD Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Today, we're visiting with Darren Coe. Darren is a certified master athletic administrator, and he's the director of athletics for the Wake County Public Schools in uh, Cary, North Carolina, Uh, an enormous uh, school district, uh, 15th largest in the country. And uh, we also want to throw out some congratulations. Uh, Darren was uh, uh, recently named the 2021 North Carolina Athletic Director of the Year. So, uh, Darren, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jake. I appreciate you having me. And and thanks for what you've been doing uh, over the past year and a half to to keep people up to date and engaged uh, through your podcast. So it's been really great to listen to, and, and I'm honored to be on, on today. So thank you. Oh, well, well, thank you so much for, for those kind words. Uh, 
Uh, I, I just posted this the other day. Yesterday, I did two interviews. One was with uh, an AD in Georgia, big public school, actually a, an old friend from uh, his Florida days. Um, and then a couple hours later, I got to interview um, someone on the other end of their career, uh, a young gal in South Florida, her very first job as an AD, and just the stories, uh, them sharing their mentors and what's inspired them and the tools that they suggested, uh, it just it just charges me up. So uh, I'm gonna keep doing these things as long as you know people like you keep listening. So thank you very much. Well, let's go and get started. Uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school, and how you ended up uh, at your current position with in charge of all these schools. Sure, absolutely. So uh, I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, a small little town, uh, probably the closest town that anybody would have heard of would be Aliquippa. Uh, I grew up next to Aliquippa, which is kind of a football hotbed, uh, lots of NFL players have come out of there, and, and it's an old mill town that um, has, has seen its challenges over the years. But I grew up just outside of there. I was this, I'm the son of uh, a coach and teacher, uh, and my mom was in healthcare. She was a nurse and then just an awesome person. So growing up in Western Pennsylvania, I kind of had the, the most leave it to beaver life you could have had. I had two great parents who were there and, and, and worked hard for us, uh, my, my two brothers and myself. Uh, after graduating high school, I was, I was a soccer player in high school, uh, baseball as well, junior varsity, and then focused on soccer, uh, junior and senior year, uh, and gave up baseball, but, um, went on to Clarion University of Pennsylvania, uh, to pursue a, a degree in education. And I actually played collegiate rugby, um, at Clarion University and really, really enjoyed my time at Clarion University. Uh, right after graduation, I moved to North Carolina. Initially, I was uh, a kindergarten teacher. So my first, my first four and a half years in education, right out of college, I taught kindergarten uh, at a small school in Franklin County, which is just north of Wake County. Uh, and uh, my career kind of progressed there. Uh, they, the high school was interested in starting a soccer program, the nearby high school. Uh, my now wife was teaching there at that time. We were, we were friends at the time, and she told me that they were looking for a coach. So I threw my name into the ring, uh, applied for the job. I was coaching just kind of youth recreation soccer in the area. And I was given the opportunity to, to start both the men's and women's soccer programs at Franklinton High School um, back in the early 2000s. Uh, from there, I then went back and, and got my certification in physical education, uh, moved over to the high school to teach at the high school I was coaching at. Uh, and shortly thereafter, uh, I, had a, I had a great mentor in Lester Wilder, who was the athletic director. And he retired a couple years later, and I took over as athletic director when he retired. So that's kind of my journey into athletic administration. Shortly thereafter, I got engaged with the with the NIAAA and the North Carolina Athletic Directors Association through the leadership training workshops, uh, through LTI classes, and so forth, which um, you know really helped me grow a lot. I was hired shortly after that in 2010. I became the athletic director at Wake Forest Rollsville High School. Here in Wake County, the district I'm in now, uh, I was the athletic director there for three, two and a half years, three years before this position opened up when Bobby Guthrie retired. I applied for this position after getting my degree in administration, uh, my master's from Gardner-Webb University in um, executive leadership with a principalship and moved into this position. And I've been here going on nine years and I love every day of it. 
you know, again, I, I just love to hear the stories and the steps that lead to that next step, which lead to the next step. You know, we don't just end up, you know, in that, uh, let's say that dream position. So very cool. Yeah. Uh, Darren, you touched on um, mentorship and it's so important in our profession. So uh, share with our listeners uh, some more mentors that you had, uh, you know, again, maybe family members or coaches growing up or people that you've worked with or worked for. Uh, who can you call out uh, that helped get you where you're at today? Well, I mean, I think ultimately the, the first two have to be my, my mom and dad, right? Dad, like I, I said earlier, was a coach, a uh, longtime coach. He coached multiple sports, was mainly a golf coach, but also coached baseball and basketball at Hopewell High School in, uh, in Aliquippa, Pennsylvania. Uh, and he just was uh, an incredibly hardworking man and, and worked tirelessly uh, nonstop to, to take care of the family and, and, and to be there for us. Uh, he made time to coach myself and my brothers while he was teaching and coaching at the high school. Uh, he also had a second job wallpapering, you know, to make ends meet, teaching night classes at the community college. So just that work ethic, that strong work ethic that he instilled in me, I think that's probably one of my big, one of the big influences that, that I have to say my dad is, is a huge mentor to me. I, in addition, my mom, my mom is just the most kind and caring person in the world. When I say I had a, a leave it to beaver childhood, I really did because of just her compassion. Uh, she just never has a bad thing to say about anyone. She sees the good in people and being the youngest of, of, the, of the brothers, the youngest child in the family, I had a lot, a lot of her attention and probably had more time with her in my childhood, just being home with her after my brothers went on to elementary school. Uh, so spending time reading together and just seeing her compassion for people and how much she cared and how much she gave. So that, that, that servant heart that my mom had and still has uh, now, um, and I see it when she's with my own two kids now as, as, a, as an awesome grandmother. I think that is probably the, the second, you know, my mom and dad, but the, just two big parts of who I am, the work ethic and the compassion and the caring for others, I think are two huge pieces. And then I'm, I mentioned my brothers, I have two brothers. Uh, I'm the youngest of three boys and uh, my oldest brother, Brian, is also in, in athletics. He is um, the VP of operations for the Scranton Wilkes-Barre, I'm sorry, I'm going to say that wrong, the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, which is the uh, minor league affiliate of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, he's been with the Penguins organization for over 20 years in some fashion. Uh, so, you know, his influence, again, that work ethic and th that he has that was instilled from our dad is there. And my other brother, Jason, same way, uh, has a degree in, in sports administration uh, and, and is out working in business now, not, not in the sports field, but just that, you know, having two older brothers who kind of show you the way and show you how to treat people and how to be kind and caring and compassionate and hardworking. I think those are my major influences in my, in my life who made me who I am. Um, in athletic administration, it, it would have to be Coach Wilder, Coach Lester Wilder, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, he was my AD and, and hired me to into my first coaching job. Uh, we lost Coach Wilder this past year. Um, he, he was just a tremendous person. He grew up through the time of, of segregation in, in, a, in a rural town in North Carolina, and uh, he never, ever met a stranger. He always, he taught me, you know, kind of a, a Yankee who came down to the South. He taught me to slow down, get to know people. Uh, care about people in a way that's not just transactional, you know, and, and he didn't use those words, but he was just a, a down to earth guy who showed me how far a, a smile and a handshake and, and, and a listening ear can go. Uh, so he really was my first big mentor in athletic administration, um, helped grow me into the coach that I wanted to be. 
Uh, and then also there were a couple others who, who I didn't work directly with, but they were athletic directors and coaches at partner schools or schools we played against. Uh, David Hicks, who was in Vance County, Coach Brent Walston, uh, both just tremendous people who, who welcomed me with open arms when I was a young, very young AD uh, at that time and, and kind of showed me the ropes on how to handle different difficult situations. Um, and then certainly, you know, I think anybody who has come up in athletic administration in North Carolina has had to have have has had to have had an impact, been impacted by Jerry McGee and Roy Turner. Uh, Jerry was was just a, a, a tremendous national award-winning National Hall of Fame um, athletic administrator who was our our guiding our guiding light in athletic administration in North Carolina for so long. He he was our executive director of the Athletic Directors Association and just served endlessly in, until his last days. Um, about two years ago when, when Jerry passed on. Uh, and then Roy Turner, as I mentioned, who is now also a great friend, not just a mentor, but a great friend of mine. Uh, he is our current executive director of the Athletic Directors Association. And anybody who's involved in the NIAAA certainly knows Roy from his time on the board, uh, his teaching of LTI classes. He's brought me onto the faculty here in North Carolina and has helped um, kind of pave a path for me to become involved at the, in the NIAAA and outside of, of North Carolina. And, and he's very similar, just that compassion that Roy leads with and seeing how much he cares and how much he pours into others. Uh, it's, it's been a huge, huge impact and, and continues to be. And I'm really happy and proud to call him my friend. So those are kind of the North Carolina folks. Um, and then, and then you know, certainly on the national level, being, being blessed enough to be involved with the NIAAA, uh, Daryl Nance, I'm sure his name has come up quite a few times on these podcasts. Uh, Daryl Darryl is uh, just a couple hours down the road in South Carolina, and we, we talk quite a bit. Um, he, he's always willing to lend an ear or lend a hand or, you know, kind of share any difficulties back and forth as we have similar, similar uh, positions in our districts now. Um, and then there's another, Bill Curran, who is, when I first took over this position, he's in Fairfax County, Virginia. He's the district administrator for athletics in Fairfax County. Um, Bill kind of called me and we worked together on some big national projects with USA football uh, and some other things. And I kind of see Wake County, North Carolina as Fairfax, Virginia, 20 years later. Uh, so the growth that he has seen in their district is the growth that we're seeing in our district now. Uh, and so a lot of those challenges, he's helped me to get through them. Um, a couple others, Ronnie Carter, who's the retired executive director from the Tennessee uh, Athletics Association. Uh, he, I, I've done some work with the sport of stunt, which is a, a hybrid of cheer and gymnastics. Right. And Ronnie's involved with, with that organization. And uh, through that opportunity, we found out that he actually um, has family here in, in Wake County. So we've interacted quite a bit and he's been a, a great mentor to me. And then the last group I would say is, is just some that maybe don't see themselves as mentors to me, but they're more colleagues, but just watching their leadership in the NIAAA has helped to, to for, has helped me to grow just by watching others and paying attention to what, what others do. Like Becky Moran, Jamie Sheet, Dennis Robinson, and, and then the whole FIAAA group um, of Andy Chiles, uh, Russell Womble, and then the others from section three, like Mike Ellison, and they're just, I couldn't name everybody, but section three just has a tremendous group of leaders who my involvement with the section three meetings has helped, has helped, uh, helped me a lot along the way. And then watching Phil and Mike and the way they lead the NIAAA, I think 
all of those folks in one way or another have impacted me and, and I still lean on a lot of them to this day. Um, if I were to say, if anybody's looking for a mentor or looking for a group to, to help broaden their horizons or grow is, is the, uh, the cohorts through the NIAAA. I was lucky to, to be in the cohort that was led by Becky Moran and it was just a tremendous, tremendous growth time for me. So those are kind of the folks who, who I would say are, are my mentors along the way. And I, I know that was kind of long-winded, but uh, you know, you just, when, when you've been so lucky and blessed to have had the opportunity to interface with great leaders, um, you can kind of talk about them for a long time. And I feel very strongly about a lot of those individuals. Yeah, I, I'm really glad uh, you did. You painted such a rich picture. I mean, starting with your parents, you know, I was getting emotional there. You know, uh, I got my work ethic from my dad, very stoic, but, you know, very hardworking guy, very supportive. And then uh, I think my heart, uh, you know, from my mom, no question. So uh, some similarities there. But um, all the people that touched your life, um, you know, early on, and then you talked about your North Carolina connection. And, and certainly I've got a chance to get to know Roy Turner the last couple of years. Um, you know, through, I was the president of our state AD association, FIAAA last year, and just through the podcast. And then uh, you regionally, you're branching out to Daryl Nance and, you know, nationally. And the names you mentioned, uh, Becky Moran, Jamie Sheets, um, the three of us were in the very first cohort with Daryl Nance. And it, it's just such a great, our organization is just such a great organization um, for being mentored and then developing mentors for that next generation. So really, really glad you, um, like I said, painted that picture. For listeners, uh, we are visiting with Darren Coe, Certified Master Athletic Administrator and the Director of Athletics for the Wake County Schools in um, North Carolina. We're going to be back, but uh, let's take a quick break and hear from our primary podcast sponsor, Violet Defense. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products or you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of their technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. We're back with Darren Coe. Uh, Darren, uh, we already established, you know, you're a certified master athletic administrator, but we have a lot of younger listeners, younger ADs that listen. And I think it's important to share the journey that we've all taken. So take us through that path of you know how did you first become aware of the LTI program and, and earning your CAA and then tell us a little bit about your CMAA project sure uh, so I took over as a, into my first athletic director role it was a mid-year hire so Lester Wilder who I'd mentioned earlier retired in December and I took over uh, in January of, of a, in the middle of a school year uh, the one one of the things he, he told me on the way out um, was Darren, here's the paperwork for the North Carolina Athletic Directors Association State Conference. You need to go. Uh, and, and he said, it's a great time to relax, take your wife, you know, enjoy yourself. But, it, but you know, get engaged. And, and there's some really smart people there. It's kind of the way Lester said it. Get to know them and, and learn from them. Uh, so I did that. I immediately that, you know, two months after I was hired as, as an athletic director for the first time, 
I, I went to Asheville for our state conference that year and took a couple of LTI classes and immediately realized, yeah, this is, this is the hydrant that I need to be drinking from. All of this great information provided by these incredible instructors, all of these things that I hadn't even thought of, right? When we talk about taking the, the legal classes, 506, 508, and how that can kind of blow your mind a little bit as a new athletic director who has just taken over a program, can kind of scare you but it's information that you need to know. So once I, I took a couple of those classes at the state conference, I kind of became hooked. Uh, I, and then I took a lot of classes out of order. I, I wasn't working towards certification in my mind. I was just taking the courses that I was interested in. Uh, I knew there was a certification that existed after the first course. Certainly it's discussed in any course, um, but really I was just picking topics of courses that I thought I could grow from. Uh, and then about a year or two later, maybe after my second or third state conference, I, I said, all right, well, I need to, I need to work on this certification. And I looked at the, you know, the alignment of the, the 501, 502 and 504 and so forth towards CAA uh, and did that in a, over the next few period, next few years, completed that certification, took the test. I uh, have some great instructors here in North Carolina. Um, and I don't, I don't think I started going to national conferences until somewhere around 2009 or so. Uh, and, and so just really the instructors here in North Carolina just kind of whet my appetite for that professional development that's available through through the LTI. Um, so after I completed my certification and took the test and, and passed the test for my CAA, uh, I, I probably a year or so later, I, I wanted to earn that CMAA. And I, I kind of realized it really wasn't a, while it certainly is not an easy task, it's not something that you have to invent. If you're doing, if you're working in athletic administration, you likely have some project that you could use towards your CMAA as your CMAA project. And that's exactly what I did. We, when I came into this job, it was 2013, we were uh, under a Title IX investigation from the Office of Rights regarding participation numbers. So that was, um, when I came into that, we were Bobby Guthrie, my, who, by the way, <laughs> I very mistakenly left out my mentors. Bobby Guthrie is one of my tremendous mentors. Uh, and still to this day, I call on Bobby. He was in my role before me and he's National Hall of Famer as well. So I, I would be remiss if I didn't add him to that very strong mentor list. Um, but back to, to the CMAA, I was uh, working on the growth of female sports in our district and we were adding the sport of stunt as a, um, as a new sport in Wake County to satisfy the need and interest of our female student athletes. So we just determined that there were so many cheerleaders who you know, were cheerleading year round and very, we, we treat our cheerleaders as athletes, we know they are, and we know it's a very competitive and difficult sport to do. Um, so we figured, well, they love this sport. These numbers don't actually count when we talk about Office of Civil Rights and Title IX. Uh, but this sport of stunt is going in that direction because it truly is a team versus team heads to head to head competition. Uh, so that was my project was how we implemented the sport of stunt in North Carolina, uh, in Wake County specifically. And it's the, the step by step ways we did that and all of the pieces of my work that uh, became part of that project. That was my CMA project. Um, and I think I completed that in 2013 or 14, somewhere around that time. You know, uh, again, I'm so glad you share the process and a very significant point. I was on the NIAAA certification committee for many years, and that was the message that we tried to deliver is that you don't have to create something out of scratch, that 
just look at what you do right now as an athletic administrator, and there's at least three or four, if not dozens, of potential projects that you're already doing. You just have to put together the story and, and then share it with others. So great, Absolutely. great point. Also, I love what you did with cheerleading. Um, a very long time ago, uh, I took over as AD at a school, and cheerleading at that particular school was a club sport. And uh, the director of that program was definitely, uh, let's say they were rogue. And so we immediately uh, absorbed cheerleading as a varsity JV and middle school sport uh, as a way of controlling it. Uh, but it also, from an AD perspective, it was great, you know, getting to meet those student athletes and, and uh, a lot of them were doing other sports too, maybe cheer in the fall and then soccer in the winter. So um, it, it was the right thing to do uh, to take them into the athletic program. So I also have to think if, if you if you take on a task like that, the opportunity for those student athletes to really reap the benefits of education based athletics, right? If, if we have outside programs that are operating uh, maybe in a silo outside of our athletic department, are they really understanding the value of interactions with other schools and what coaches and teachers do to help grow them as individuals. Certainly there are some great club coaches out in the world and, and, and many I'm sure who do instill some of those leadership abilities and, and some of the great things that come out of education-based athletics. But when we truly bring those programs under the umbrella of our school programs, it certainly can help help those ideas and, and that growth of, of those student athletes into productive um, community members. It, it can really help that blossom. Oh, you're just so right. You know, great, uh, great stuff. For our listeners, uh, we are visiting with Darren Coe, Certified Master Athletic Administrator and the Athletic Director for the Wake County Public School System in North Carolina. We're going to take a quick break and hear from another sponsor, and uh, then we'll be right back with our interview with Darren Coe. We want to thank one of our new sponsors, Sideline Interactive. And uh, we actually have a Sideline Interactive indoor scoring table in our gym, and it has been fantastic. I cannot recommend these guys enough. Um, it's becoming harder and harder to fund an athletic department these days, but Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every year, while also creating excitement in the gym and the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo to see their tables and boards in action and see what these fantastic products can do for you. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com and check out their incredible scoring tables and video boards. Hey, we're back with uh, our interview with Darren Cove from uh, Wake County Schools in North Carolina. Uh, and again, for our listeners, we're recording this on September 1st, so it's gonna be pretty timely uh, when you're listening to it. Uh, Darren, we were talking um, you know, off camera and uh, you know, we just, kind of recently came out of the Olympics and just saw some tremendous, tremendous performances. Um, but we also had um, a much increased discussion, uh, and it was a good thing, about this idea of, you know, social emotional health. Certainly Simone Biles was very candid uh, with some of the challenges that, you know, she experienced. And there's many, many more. So here's my question. Uh, 
how can an athletic director or a coach uh, find a, a balance between, you know, let's say an old school approach, you know, come on, you got to be tough, you got to get back in there, um, versus being aware and sensitive to the, the challenges that a student athlete, a Generation Z student athlete is facing each day. Uh, do you have any advice for us? Well, I mean, yeah, I, I think when we say the old school approach, I think there is no old school approach anymore. I think we, it just has to be the new approach. I think the way we were coached as kids is gone and it should be gone. I mean, certainly there's some good points and, and there are pieces of instilling that work ethic that we've talked about and how to come overcome adversity, but that doesn't have to be, you don't have to be, you don't have to coach in a way that is belittling or demeaning or tells student athletes to uh, just get over it. I mean, that's just not the world we're in anymore. The th things have changed and coaches and athletic administrators have to change. Uh, we have to understand that every kid, every student athlete who, who comes onto our playing fields or steps, steps through our gym door uh, is, is going to be bringing some unique emotional baggage with them. Everybody is walking their own path. Everybody is dealing with their own issues and, and, and not to go down the rabbit hole of discussing COVID related issues, but, but certainly there are things that everybody has dealt with over the past year and a half to two years that would put our student athletes in a different frame of mind when they come to the school building for participation in athletics or to the field. Uh, so we just always have to be cognizant that everybody is, is, is bringing something different with them when they come that day. We have to, we're, we are teachers first. We are all teachers first. And we have to serve with a, a teacher's heart and a servant's heart, knowing that, that we're there for the kids. We're not there to coach the sport. We're there to coach the kids in the sport, right? And so if we lose that focus of, of putting the kids first, that's when that old school mentality of, of chewing people out and and, you know, uh, just pushing people through mindless running when it's not necessary as punishment and things of that nature just aren't the way anymore. We have to be there. We have to lend an ear to kids. We have to be aware of what they're going through. We have to have relationships, you know, professional relationships with our kids so that we know what they're dealing with. We have to be able to have open lines of communication and also know how to guide those students who are dealing with difficult situations. We need to know our school counselors. We need to know our guidance departments. We need to know who the crisis folks are at our school so that if there is a situation that comes up that you aren't adapt, you, you aren't prepared to handle um, or that you shouldn't handle that we guide the kids in, in, in the direct path. You know, when I was a kid, if, if like, you, like you said, Jake is, it was suck it up and get over it. Well, that just can't be the way, you know, we, we've lost too many kids uh, to who leave our programs or, or, you know, God forbid we have to deal with a student who dies of suicide um, or is self-harming in some fashion, we have to be aware that that's really real and, and it's more prevalent than it's been in the past. So we have to, to lead our kids with compassion. Yeah, it, it's fine every once in a while to have to, you know, kind of get into it a little bit and, and encourage your kids in a different way. And, you know, I'm not saying we can never raise our voices as coaches. Certainly, you, if, you, if that's what you need to do on occasion, that's fine. But we have to do it in a way that's going to uplift our kids and, and make sure that they continue to feel good about their progress you know, celebrate their successes, not just always demeaning and, and trying to bring them down a peg and hoping somebody else is going to bring them back up. I think those days are gone. You can't just rely on an assistant coach to, to bring your kids back up. You, you got to keep them up and you've got to keep them in a positive frame of mind because that's how we're going to get the most out of them. You know, you, you're not going to get the most out of your kids by chewing them out and yelling at them. And, and certainly we can't lose the, we can't lose sight of the fact that 
that playing field, that gymnasium, that court, that's your classroom as a coach. We can't be doing things that are so drastically different than what would be acceptable in a classroom. And I think that's kind of the gist of it. Now, you're absolutely right. And I'm so glad that you, you mentioned, you know, those values of that work ethic and success, you know, th those haven't changed, but the way that we achieve them now, it is in fact a different day, it's a different time. So, you know, great stuff. Once again, we're visiting with Darren Coe, Certified Master Athletic Administrator. We're gonna come back with the Athletic Surveys Athletic Director Toolbox um, after we hear a little bit about that from our new sponsor. So stay with us. We wanna thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the Athletic Director's Toolbox segment of our podcast. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are quick, easy and affordable way to collect data that allows you to evaluate and improve your athletic program. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also gives the 95% of the players and parents who really love your program a voice okay, and help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out our testimonials and then call us at 1-800 738-6466, or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Let them help you take your program from good to great. Well, Darren, this has been really cool uh, having a chance to get to know you and hear a little bit more about your program, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always wrap up with the Athletic Director's Toolbox, which is now sponsored by Athletic Surveys. Uh, you are certainly a, an experienced AD and award-winning AD. Right now, I'm gonna challenge you to send out a brand new Athletic Director on their very first job, but I'm only gonna let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are gonna go in your Athletic Surveys Athletic Director Toolbox? Ooh, so to try to get down to three is that that's hard, Jake. You know, taking over for, for a new athletic director walking in, the the number of challenges in front of them are, are certainly certainly large. Uh, but I think you know three key things that I've learned along the way, and I think the most important, and I'm still learning this, right? I think over the past two years, I've grown a lot in in, in my first point, which is to be vulnerable um, and to let others get to know you. I I really. Through my time in the cohort with the NIAAA, I really gained a better understanding that you can't try to lead in a way where you're never wrong, um, and and that you don't you keep you kind of keep a face in, in between you and your and the people you work with. So I, I was I used to be very a very different Darren at work and a very different Darren at home, and I didn't really let people to get to know me. But so that whole idea of being vulnerable, admit when you don't know something or when you've made a mistake, don't try to pretend like you know it all, and that and that you don't make mistakes. Uh, leaders don't have to always be right, but they do need to know how to work with others to correct mistakes, find solutions to problems. So I think that whole idea of vulnerability. And, and letting people know that you are just as flawed as anybody else. Uh, but when you see a problem or you make a mistake, you're going to work collaboratively to come to a solution that is, you know, best for the greater good, best for the kids that we serve essentially. So I think that's number one, vulnerability. And, and to me, that's, that's something that I'm still working on. 
and I feel like I've grown a lot on that uh, over the past couple of years. Uh, next, Jake, would be understanding that an athletic director needs to know that the title of the position does not define who you are, right? I think so often we try to take our title and make that who we are. Leadership as an athletic director is really your ability to serve and to influence others so that they can serve. So as an athletic director in my position in a central service position, I serve my athletic directors, the 60 athletic directors in our district, 25 high school and 35 middle school. Uh, and my goal with those athletic directors, sure, certainly there are, are tasks I'm just checking off the boxes and you have to do that occasionally. But I think serving them in a way that they are more prepared to serve others. Uh, so, you know, two, two quotes that kind of come to mind and I'm kind of a big quote guy. I, 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 like to find things in other people's words that were maybe put in a way that's very eloquent that trigger the way I feel. I think one is life's most urgent question is what are you doing for others? And that's a quote by Martin Luther King Jr. Again, life's most urgent question is what are you doing for others? So that's servant leadership and that servant's heart. Uh, and that's something I've really seen and, and gained from, from Roy Turner as one of my big time mentors is a big piece. Another along that along the same lines and another point is kind of kind of to my idea of we are not our title uh, is a quote by Winston Churchill and it's we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. And I think those two two very different people in history, certainly, uh, but those two quotes speak to me of the servant's heart and, and the way a leader should really care for people that they serve and what they do. So those are my first two right being vulnerable and, and, and kind of being a, a servant leader. And then the last would be, and I think this is the most important that none of us can lose focus on, whether you're a teacher, a coach, uh, whatever your role is in education, remember that we all work for the students. ADs need to not lose focus on how every decision that an athletic director makes will impact kids. Not every decision will be popular with every family, with every community member, or even with every student that you serve, but it's vital that the decisions that are made and when they are made are made with the understanding that they will have either a direct or indirect impact on students and their experience. That's really, to me, the number one thing that we can never lose focus on. And if you can instill that in a new athletic director, keeping your focus in every decision on how does this impact the greatest number of kids in our school or in our, in our, in our, uh, our athletic department or our conference or whatever the case may be. We have to stay student-centered and, and no matter how big the decision is, even at a district level uh, as large as ours, or even if you're an athletic director at a, a smaller school with a very small athletic department, every decision will have either a direct or an indirect impact on students. And what is that impact? I think those would be my three. Oh, great, great stuff. and. Uh, I love that you wrap it up with student-centered. It's all about the kids. And I actually have that Churchill quote on a slide in one of my uh, PowerPoint presentations. So, uh, you know, Good great one. stuff. Darren, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain a little bit, and I certainly encourage you to do so, you know, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Yeah, uh, so my email address is dcoe at wcpss.net. Again, that's D-C-O-E at W-C-P-S-S dot net. 
Uh, you know, right now the email, the email machine is going nonstop 24 hours a day, as you can imagine. So uh, if anybody wants to uh, have a conversation, certainly I'll, I'll try to find time when I can and, and I'll return an email. Uh, the other thing is, is, you know, at the national conference, hopefully the folks listening to these podcasts are, are planning a trip to Denver. Uh, I certainly will be there and, and uh, we'll be teaching a course and possibly presenting, definitely involved in, in some other committee work. But if you see me there and you want to chat me up or have a conversation, I, I would love to, to talk about, you know, the, the great things that everybody does for kids and share ideas. And I certainly would take some ideas from other people. Um, so anything we can, we can do as, as groups of athletic directors and, and, and lean on each other, steal from each other, I'm happy to give because I, I always find whenever we give, we certainly get just as much in return. So, Well, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Let's go ahead and uh, uh, do some self-promotion here. Uh, I'm going to be teaching one of the middle school courses, either 700 or 701. I never really know until about a week before. Uh, and also we'll be unveiling a brand new course, uh, 716, partnering with parents. Uh, I'll be part of that faculty. What courses uh, are you going to be teaching? Yeah, so I'll be teaching 709 uh, Communications. I teach that with with Steve. Um, Steve Young is the is the chair on that one, and and Steve does a tremendous job. Um, and uh, so he's the lead on that. And I'll be teaching that with a couple of other gentlemen. So that's always great. And then um, I'm working on a possible presentation as well. Not sure if that's going to pan out or not. But that's my one course that I teach at the national level right now. All right. Well, again, um, Darren's uh, contact information is also on the NIAAA portal, and he's fairly active on uh, social media as well. So, Darren, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. This was great, great talking to you and great learning from you. Oh, well, right back at you, sir. Uh, for our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are being uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, thanks for listening today. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD Podcast.